Welcome to the Iconic Women by Icon Group podcast. In this podcast series, our talented women and guests share their inspiring stories of chasing opportunities, overcoming challenges, and living an iconic life. Today, I'm delighted to welcome our guest and iconic women, Natalie Davidson, to the Iconic Women podcast. Natalie is the fundraising manager for Women's Legal Service Queensland, a specialist community legal centre that provides free legal help to Queensland women needing assistance with domestic violence and complex family law matters. Also joining us today is Icon CEO of Pharmacy Services, Andrew Reid, who is preparing to take his iconic moves to the dance floor in 2020 for Women's Legal Services signature fundraising event of the year, Dancing CEOs. Thank you for joining me today, Natalie. It's a pleasure to meet you. So we'll just jump right in. You're the fundraising manager for Women's Legal Service in Queensland. Can you tell us a bit about that role? Great. Thank you so much for having me here today. It's quite an honour. My name's Natalie Davidson and I look after fundraising at Women's Legal Service. And my role involves community awareness raising, engagement, as well as funding diversification. So in my role, I write grants, tenders, look after the social media. We have a website, we have apps as well that we develop. And of course, uh, the fundraising. And really the aim with the fundraising is to try to help more women. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of our fundraising goes directly where it's needed most and our aim is to ensure that you know we won't stop until as many women as possible have their calls for help answered. Great and how long have you been with Women's Legal? I've been with Women's Legal Service for about 11 years Mm -hmm. and uh, initially I was in a volunteer management role where we would recruit volunteers and train them and then also I would run the twice Uh, weekly drop-in sessions where women can uh, seek help with domestic violence matters, no appointment necessary. And we have about 100 volunteers that help us out, which is absolutely amazing. But over time, uh, increasing demand and funds became more of an issue. Mm -hmm. And so I just you know, dipped our toe into fundraising and from there it's grown. And yeah, yeah, very lucky to be where we are. And fundraising now is about 30% of our complete um, income for Women's Legal Service. And it really has made a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. Now you mentioned there a little bit around how you guys are supporting women uh, that have experienced domestic violence. What other support do you guys offer? Yep, sure. So the core services and uh, purpose of Women's Legal Service is to provide uh, free legal and welfare help to Queensland women and their children who are experiencing domestic violence. This is really important because as soon as a woman or a member of our community experiences domestic violence and reports it, there are legal implications. And um, unfortunately, the costs of uh, getting legal advice are really not attainable to a Mm. lot of people. And you'd know uh, that getting the right advice at the right time is really important. And particularly around domestic violence that if there isn't, you know, a lot of people don't know their responsibilities as well as their rights, particularly when children are involved. And so getting the right advice can really mean the difference between a safer future Mm. and heading down a path that really does break the cycle of violence. Mm, And that's where Women's Legal Service comes in. Everything we do is free. We're Queensland-wide. We provide over 30,000 services to women and their children every year. We're in hospitals. Uh, We're in courts, we're 
in the prison, mm. we're in um, throughout the community as well as our head offices. We do know that uh, we do save lives and, mm. and make a huge impact. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, uh, demand keeps increasing yeah. and uh, currently we can't help about 30% of people who contact us. Wow, mm. right. So, and how are you sort of addressing that gap? We try to innovate yeah. and we, with all of the resources that we attain through government funding or through our incredible fundraising mm. uh, and community supporters, we really try to stretch those resources as far as possible. Mm. So that's why I mentioned before we do things like we develop apps because we know that increasingly people are gathering information uh, yeah. through phones and in different ways. Yeah. Um, we also have a website that has 90,000 visits a year, so we put a lot of work into that website. Uh, we also started a helpline a number of years ago as a direct result of Dancing CEOs. Right, great. Through that uh, helpline, a statewide helpline, women can phone in and receive help. And we know that we've re we've achieved a 650% increase in the women we've been able to help through that helpline. Mm. So we really do look at ways to innovate and make sure the resources are used as efficiently as possible. Yeah, great. Now, I know that domestic violence, unfortunately, is a really big issue in Australia. Can you tell us a little bit more about the statistics? Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, domestic violence does continue to be a significant issue in Australia and uh, continues to need that awareness raising and support. Domestic violence actually represents the greatest health risk to women aged between 25 to 44. Wow. We know on average, unfortunately, a woman is still murdered each week by a current or former partner. And every three hours, a woman is hospitalised as a direct result of domestic violence. Wow. Other statistics indicate that every two minutes, police are called to a domestic violence incident. And so in Queensland alone, last year, there were 49,124 domestic violence orders taken out <laughs> by women seeking safety. And so that represents about 180 reported incidents a day. And we know that that is significantly lower than the actual incidents mm. because not everybody reports. Is reported, yeah. Yeah. So the statistics really do indicate that, um, you know, we, we need to keep the awareness raising high mm. and keep working away at supporting and, and reducing domestic violence. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's scary, hey? Like, I mean, we've all... If you look at the statistics, we all probably know someone. That's right. Yeah. Yep. The yeah. statistics indicate one in three women will experience violence in their life and one in four kids will grow up uh, being in impacted a... by domestic violence yeah. directly. Wow. That's, yeah. a, that's shocking really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So obviously the great stuff that women's legal services are doing with being free as well yeah. a free service obviously like you're saying needs fundraising so that sort of leads us into uh, the dancing CEOs event that you guys run every year can you tell us a bit about that event uh, dancing CEOs was started quite a number of years ago in 2014 and Kathy Reid from Icon mm -hmm. was actually one of our very first brave CEOs. She raised $12,000 and was the fundraising champion of that year. Yeah, great. Uh, since that time, we've held the event every year and we've raised over $1.3 million through all of the 56 CEOs who have participated in the event. Mm. 
I guess what makes Dancing CEOs quite unique is that it's a very positive event. We say that it's about CEOs uh, stepping out of their comfort zone. Mm. What they do is they basically learn a dance and they perform that dance in front of a thousand or so people who are all cheering uh, at City Hall. Our next event is the 30th of May. Mm-hmm. And along the way, a key part is also the fundraising and the awareness raising. And so by having all of these different CEOs involved, we know it really spreads a message around what everybody can do to address domestic violence and the funds raised, which are significant and greatly appreciated, do make a difference. So mm. it will mean more women get help when they need it most yeah. and their children. Yeah. So how much has Dancing CEOs raised for WLS? Over the years, so far, $1.3 million. Wow, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah, right. That's Incredible. Incredible, yeah. Incredible. And so I think you mentioned before that, you know, you were able to start that hotline yes. as well. So what else has yes. the money been able to go towards? Yeah, so primarily it does go towards the helpline. Yep. But in the helpline, so we have uh, trained workers mm-hmm. who basically triage the calls that come in and they assess everything for safety and urgency. Yeah. And then we've also been able to expand that by putting on more workers so that we can answer more calls. And we also have... Um, Uh, what we call like an emergency lawyer on staff who can really take the urgent matters where uh, the person needs a response straight away and needs urgent assistance, whether that is saying, you know, you need to leave the house now or assisting with phoning the police or organising urgent safety Mm. uh, for themselves and their kids. And then uh, there's also the back end of all of that, which is basically the appointments that get serviced and, you know, organised through that helpline and casework, ongoing casework and, and in some cases, representation where we can. Back a little bit. You mentioned a little bit about your career with WLS, but I was wondering whether we could talk a little bit about your career from the very beginning. I actually call myself a bit of an accidental fundraiser. I haven't actually studied fundraising other than learning it on the run, (laughs) on my feet. My background is actually social work. So I trained as a social worker. From there, I worked in policy and research roles. Mm -hmm. I worked in government for a while, then in community services. And that's where my real love is in terms of uh, working with directly with members of the community yeah. and seeing those impacts so directly. Uh, then about 11 years ago, I saw this job advertised at Women's Legal Service for a volunteer coordinator role. And I thought, oh, I'll just put my hat in the ring and give it a go. You know, it's been a huge, huge part of my life that yeah. I'm so uh, thankful for. Yeah. And what I do love is that you are at the grassroots at Women's mm. Legal Service. You know, you walk in our building, you know, straight away you see the secure locks and gates and all of that. And that's because it the whole service is focused around making sure everyone who accesses that help is, you know, on a path to safety. Yeah, it that's can take great. yeah, it can take quite a while for them. Yeah. Separation from domestic violence is the greatest time of risk from the escalation of domestic violence or death through domestic violence. Mm. So a lot of what Women's Legal Service does is really um, having safety at the forefront and stepping women and kids through that process. It must be 
incredibly rewarding. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we do have, you know, really great outcomes mm. and, and to see the difference for kids, mm. uh, that's what gets me as well. Yeah. I mean, as a fundraising manager, I guess you sort of take a little bit of a step back from that. But I, I assume that you also do see some of these stories. And, you know, is there anything particular that really stands out to you? Or is there a particular moment that has really been quite rewarding for you to see? So you're right, yeah, in fundraising, Mm. we're not directly providing advice. I think having been involved in our evening sessions and running those was a really good basis because Mm. I was able to see the difference firsthand that you know that that can change people's lives to get that support and it's not just the advice it's about going somewhere where they feel like they're listened to and that really cares about what they're going through a lot of women who we support are incredibly traumatized so it's not just about giving the information it's Mm. it's making sure that they get that support with other areas of their lives like practical assistance Mm. because even just getting food on the table that can be a real barrier yeah you can't yeah exactly it's just those little things isn't it there's everyday things sometimes that people need the support for yes yeah what's been really rewarding is I mean I remember that we helped a family who had to leave domestic violence and it was a very, very risky situation and the mum and kids were living um, under constant surveillance and threats mm. to their, their lives. Through kind of a coordination of legal advice, social work support and fundraising, mm. we were able to, just before Christmas last year, set them up in a home complete with a Christmas tree and gifts under oh, the that's tree. wonderful. Furniture, yeah. you know, dunas, all of those comforts of home. Yeah. They thought it was a refuge that, uh, you know, they were only in there for a night or two. And then when we were able to say, no, this is where you're spending Christmas, this is your lease, you're staying here, uh, it made a huge difference. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, that must be so nice to see that you're directly helping families. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So it seems like you've really been drawn towards not-for-profit all your career. Mm. You know, is that something, you know, that started throughout high school or and then into uni yeah interesting I couldn't imagine my life any other way Mm. I guess that's always been my passion yeah is about in some way making a difference uh, because there are so many areas of need in our community what I like about the fundraising is that it's kind of that bigger picture systems approach where you can really have quite a lot of impact you know by Mm. things like fundraising to establish a whole new helpline which has meant that you know our service has gone from providing you know 3,000 services a year to over 30,000 yeah Uh, yeah I think that's that's really wonderful and and I do draw a lot of inspiration from the CEOs that Mm -hmm. we work with in dancing CEOs because I think even you know, the best not-for-profits actually learn from business Mm. and that way of looking at things differently, you know, making sure that your governance is good and, and, you know, you're looking at how do you bring new dimensions into what you do and learning from that I think is really important and I love that about my role as well. So all those past CEOs that have been involved in Dancing CEOs, can we touch on them a little bit uh, and how they get involved with Dancing CEOs and also the fact that you guys always seem to get a really wide group of CEOs from different sectors? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We love that. I think that keeps the event going for sure. Mm. We basically 
you know, have some real champions like Icon, who we've stayed involved with right from the beginning of Dancing CEOs. So we've had Kathy, and then mm-hmm. we had Mark Middleton, who rocked out his, you know, um, <laughs> stage diving performance. Uh, and those CEOs really are incredible in being, I guess, champions mm-hmm. and helping to introduce us to other people as well and other CEOs because those networks are absolutely incredible and so we really do have this alumni of CEOs and because they're out there uh, interacting with a whole range of other businesses that's how we get the diversity as well from having you know the healthcare industry to property industry involved and and many others you know restaurants etc. And it's not just CEOs as well like you've got like just big executive leaders in there as well haven't you? Exactly yeah and that's why Dancing CEOs is about it's involving community leaders mm. who are stepping out and stepping up yeah. and uh, wanting to make a difference. Yeah. And it's the night is so positive, the whole event is positive, and we just really think it's a real celebration about what everyone can do. Yeah. Now you mentioned, you know, that all these CEOs that have participated have really inspired you. How has that influenced you in your own job? You know, there's a team that's involved in dancing CEOs as well, myself and and um, incredible Jessica Lydiard and a couple of others, Samara, etc. Mm-hmm. We just find that we come away from meeting with CEOs just invigorated. I think it's a whole different mindset. Like everything seems to be possible and problems are there to be solved or worked through. Just the amount of energy that CEOs seem to have mm. and just that positive approach is what we really, really love and and, um, take away. Mm. And that keeps us going as well. Yeah. uh, For sure. And we apply that to all of our work. Yeah. Since we're talking about iconic women on this podcast Mm. a lot, um, is there any particular women in your life or in your career or any of those CEOs that have really influenced you or been an inspiration? Always in the forefront of everything I do is about the the mums who are seeking help. And I know what a brave step that is to actually just come into our service or to make that phone call. So I have to say that that inspires me, that they know what's at stake, they know how difficult the road is going to be, and yet they still do that to to help themselves and their kids and and to create a better future. So I just always try to keep that at the forefront. And, um, you know, we see women from all different age ranges, you know, really, really young women Mm. through to women whose partners are in nursing homes who are still exhibiting control and um, those women still don't feel safe even, you know, towards... Yeah, when they're in yeah. these, should be the easier years of life yeah, that's in many right. ways. Yeah. Um, and women who are about to go into the maternity ward, mm. you know, who just want to get things sorted as well. Yeah, and yeah. different cultures, which again is a real barrier for many women yeah. uh, to understand all of this complex legal information yeah that must be yeah and even just in different cultures some of that stigma around domestic violence or getting help absolutely the shame and uh, expectations as well about uh, that domestic violence can be something that they shouldn't report you know or or is difficult to report and and they can go without a lot of support from their communities yeah uh, I just yeah always remember that and think we've got to strive and do the very best we can and and just keep thinking of ways to help yeah absolutely now you work with a lot of 
obviously incredible and inspiring women, um, both from the women you help and the people that work with you with WLS. Can you give us one piece of advice that you would give to an aspiring iconic woman? My piece of advice is to back yourself, Mm -hmm. believe in yourself. I think many of us have a bit of a, a negative voice sometimes and that that can take over everything but it's just got to stay in that corner yeah. I think we, you know those negative thoughts play a role that they can't dominate everything yeah and so just have courage and do what you love incorporate that in your life and then everything falls into place yeah yeah wonderful mm-hmm. that's wonderful advice well I'll be joined by Andrew Reid now who's going to be a dancing CEO for 2020 which is very exciting Amazing. Nice to welcome you as our first male on the Iconic Women podcast. Thanks, Alicia. What a privilege. Uh, So, Andrew, can you tell us a little bit about your role at Icon Group? So I'm CEO of the Pharmacy Services Division, so looking after essentially everything that we do across pharmacy, so hospitals, aged care, uh, retail, um, looking after about 60 sites across Mm -hmm. the group. Yep, must be a busy job. Uh, Look, I think there's a lot of busy people. Uh, across the pharmacy division but yeah great group of people to work with and yep. always lots happening yep so can you tell us a little bit more about because uh, we're talking about dancing ceos a little bit more about the history of icon and wls so i guess uh, from dancing with the ceos perspective our involvement started back in the very first event when kathy participated uh probably Shouldn't prejudge, but hopefully uh, fairly fortunate for me that the event has evolved quite a bit since then, so it's not uh, formal ballroom dancing. Uh, I shouldn't assume that I'm going to do any better uh, (laughs) as a result, but it gives a bit more flexibility, I guess, and I can find my spot in the dancing world hopefully a little bit easier. Yeah, for those uh, listening who don't know, so Cathy Reid is Andrew Reid's sister. Uh, So is there a little bit of sibling competition going on here? Look, good question. Uh, I probably would say no because I think I'll leave her in my wake. Uh, but yes, <laughs> let's see on the night how I go. Confidence. Yes. Like it. Bravado. <laughs> Possibly false. So what inspired you to put your hat forward for Dancing CEOs? Putting my hat forward is an interesting spin on it. I think, Alicia, uh, I guess the... The inspiration, the challenge, and ultimately the decision to to put my hand up uh, started with this year's event, where Irene Jasmini from Research uh, Foundation attended on the Icon Group table and declared it was the greatest thing ever, and we had to have another CEO in next year. I guess Irene maybe saw more in me than I uh, see in myself at times, but figured that I would be the right person to uh, be the one putting my hat in the ring. So. A viral marketing campaign started that saw lots of posters appearing around the offices uh, and ultimately I guess so much effort and inspiration went into that that I figured it was an easy I guess outcome and the right outcome for me to to put my hand up and support a great cause. Yeah great and I know that people have really seen these posters and they sort of trickled they started in head office and then trickled their way through some pharmacies as well. I think uh, for the listeners out there who might not have seen them, uh, can you talk a little bit more about their creativity? It started off with one or two. It then surprised me when I arrived at the office in Mount Waverley and found one or two had made their way (laughs) down there and then week after week another one or two would pop up uh, to the point where the entire entry to my office is now 
covered, including spotlights, a week by week countdown to the event. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah, taken on a life of its own. Yeah, and I love that they're like, so they're all dance-themed dance, mo- dance themed movies, aren't they? Yeah, so all dance-themed yeah. movies all started off just with branding of Andrew Reid, Dancing CEO 2020. Along the way, a few started to have my face added on. <laughs> when the deal wasn't quite sealed and uh, Irene was looking for how to close it out, a few started having Deb's face pop up as well uh, <laughs> as my dance partner in them and, yeah, just continued to grow. Love it. So good. It's amazing. We'll send pictures to everyone. <laughs> so how are you preparing for Dancing CEOs now? Uh, look, I guess I'm taking a lot of inspiration from elite athletes and elite performers. And at this stage, <laughs> it's not funny. Focusing on the visualisation aspect. So doing a lot of visualisation. Uh, was at the SHPA conference this weekend, so briefly appeared on the dance floor. Uh, but there probably wasn't too much to take away from that. <laughs> be trying to do something a bit better on the night than uh, what I did at SHPA. Yeah, can you give us any hints or anything that you're thinking about for the routine? Uh, Look, I'm probably hoping to be guided by people who actually know what they're doing. So at this stage, lots of different ideas. Uh, No idea how well I can actually achieve any of them. So yeah, I think I'll put myself in the expert's hands and see what we can come up with. Yeah, I believe that you threatened to perform at your son's school once. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I did. The uh, The boys were going through a program at school where they were coming home and talking about the things that they were doing at school and talking about some parents coming in, sharing what they did and essentially giving people ideas about, uh, I guess, what you could aspire to, what you could, uh, I guess, apply your skills to. In life, and I decided it would be a bit of fun to come up with an interpretive dance and threaten to perform that uh, at their school around their themes of learning. So that evolved into potentially uh, wearing a whale costume, uh, doing all manner of funky moves uh, around different themes of inquiry and uh, discovery and all manner of things. And uh, yeah, actually, at one stage, had them believing I was going to appear. Uh, in both their classrooms to deliver that. So they weren't overly impressed with it. I was going to say, yeah, they would not be. <laughs> no, but they're now challenging me to do that as part of my performance at uh, Dancing well, CEOs. Dancing CEOs. So it could be good yes. practice. Yes. Practice so in front of the school first. I don't think they want me at the school. They just want me up on stage at Dancing <laughs> CEOs. So. Yes. All right. Um, so, so no other hints there or any ideas about what you might be doing? Yes, if the stage is big enough, there may be a Ford flip involved, but we'll have to see how large the stage is. It may not be big enough for me, Alicia. Yeah, because can you really do a forward flip? <laughs> It'll depend on how big the stage is, Alicia. <laughs> Natalie's also sitting here like, no, it's not happening. We cannot do that. I mean, Mark did stage dive, so... Yeah, I don't think I want a Ford flip off the stage. That could be, <laughs> oh, good. That could be dangerous. Love it. All right, Andrew, any last words uh, for your preparation into Dancing CEOs? Oh, look, I think at the end of the day, it's really just about what the uh, the cause is and what the, the fundraising goes to support. So yeah. hopefully I don't make a, uh, a complete fool of myself on stage, but at the end of the day, it's a small price to pay to raise some great funds yeah. for, a, unfortunately, a cause that does need a lot of support. So Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, wonderful. So uh, we're coming to the close of our podcast, but I'm also still here with Natalie as well. So I'm just going to ask some fun little questions to close out our our dancing-themed podcast, uh, or dance-related, for both of you. So what's your favourite dance movie? Dance movie? Mm. Oh, gosh, that's a tricky one. Dirty Dancing is a classic, classic, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that has inspired many dancing CEOs. So I think maybe I have to go with that Mm -hmm. one. And yourself? Yeah, I think I've probably watched most of them willingly or otherwise at times with Deb, but personally I'd say Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) I love that you you make Guardians of the Galaxy (laughs) a dance movie. (laughs) Classic dance-off scene. Well, that is true. It's a very good dance-off scene. Well, there is. Yes. That's true. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I don't Die see Hard. why Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy Die can't Hard be a dance movie. Okay, yeah. <laughs> there might be a hint for the dance. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Some good <laughs> songs in Guardians of the Galaxy that you could dance that to. That is true. Mm. I'd say Glee is pretty amazing too. Oh, it is a you great know, Although series. it's mostly singing, but yeah, gee, the dancing is great. Yeah. All right. Uh, Favourite song to heat up the dance floor to? Let's go for something that might throw people and we'll go Cotton Eye Joe. Slightly different dance Interesting. <laughs> I think Natalie's regretting her uh, like, I acceptance of me into dancing dance CEOs. what this going to look like. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, Cotton Eye Joe. Not mad, sure how mad, they marry. Mad Dance House will love this. They love yeah. that creative. Yeah. You know, that's mm-hmm. what this is about, reinventing it every time with new ideas. So, yes. <laughs> Yeah. And yourself, Natalie? Uh, so I have the honour of being able to pick the opening song to Dancing CEOs every year, so I won't give it away, but next year's is one of my favourites, and Ooh. that will open out the whole night. Exciting. Mm. Oh, no genre hint a look, there? Glee is a hint. Mm, okay. Glee inspired. Oh, mm. exciting. Mm. All right, and last question, what is your signature dance move? Well, I guess I've already thrown out the, the, uh, forward, the forward flip. flip. So, yeah, yeah, so normally incorporating a twist, so yeah, that's probably right. the signature. <laughs> oh, oh wow, forward flips! Natalie's yeah. speechless. I'm thinking about <laughs> public liability. Uh, here. Uh, no, um, look, I have twin boys mm-hmm. who are 15, so I, you know, in between work and organising dancing series and everything, I do a lot of driving. So I just have to say, you know, it's. It's those steering wheel moves. Steering wheel moves, yeah. yeah. The, the like lights. a bit of that, yeah, like steering wheel moves, bit of yeah. shopping cart, trolley move, exactly. yeah, all of that. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And you do get inspiration for dancing series in the weirdest places. So, yeah, always thinking about it. I think I might have followed you recently. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. In the car. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> Love it. All right. Well, um, Natalie, do you want to close it out by just giving us a little bit of a plug for Dancing CEOs and and why it's so important to be part of? Well, thank you so much for uh, getting involved in Dancing CEOs. We are so honoured to have Andrew and Icon just, you know, rocking out that stage. Uh, As we've said, all of the funds raised go to help more women and kids who are impacted by domestic violence. And uh, the fundraising from the night and the fun raising is incredibly important so uh my you know if you could just get behind andrew he's being so brave in stepping out and getting onto that stage we'll all be cheering him on but um thanks to everyone for the campaign that's got him to say yes and you know stay by his side donate um you guys are so creative and so uh, you know positive so just keep that up and you know he he will we'll make sure he shines but yeah just get behind him 
Yeah. And Andrew, any last words from yourself? Thanks to Nat for the both the, the encouragement and support. Thanks to Madhouse for whatever we uh, managed to achieve on the night uh, up on stage and yeah, to everyone who gets involved and yeah, I guess come along if you can and uh, yeah, support the fundraising efforts as we yeah. raise some money for this Wonderful. great cause. Yep. So um, between now and then, we obviously look forward to seeing your campaign as well, Andrew. And um, I think maybe alongside this podcast, we'll put some of the awesome photos off of these uh, posters that got you here. Yep, sounds great. Wonderful. All right. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank Thanks, you. Alicia.